Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we have Granddaughter Crow, also known as Dr. Joy Gray, as our guest. She holds a doctorate in leadership, and she is internationally recognized as a medicine person from a long line of spiritual leaders as a member of the Navajo Nation. Granddaughter Crow is the author of Journey of the Soul, Wisdom of the Natural World, and Belief, Being, and Beyond, which we are going to talk about today. Both have been published by Llewellyn. And actually, Belief Being and Beyond is coming out this month, June 2022. She is founding CEO of the Eagle Heart Foundation, a nonprofit organization. She dedicates her life to inspiring, encouraging, and empowering individuals to be their authenticity. Welcome so much to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Barb. I, I, I really enjoy what you do and your show. And I feel very honored to be here with you and as well as all of your listeners. Oh, thank you so much. I really want you to start telling your story. It's, it's a fascinating story of your life, really, you know, of, um, how you arrived ready to go. (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is in the book, Belief Being and Beyond is the first time I've ever really revealed my personal story. Usually when I public speak, I will, you know, give examples or talk about experiences or whatnot. But this one, you literally walk through my story with me. And it started in 1970. I was born to uh, reverence of the Christian faith. And um, fortunately, they were what they called spirit-filled, which means that they could work with the nine gifts of the spirit, which includes the psychic abilities, but they call them different things. You know, it's just under different titles, but you can see and hear and work in the spiritual realm. And I was recognized um, as one of their three children, the only one that was going to be carrying their cloak forward in the world, meaning that I was to be the next reverend of the Christian faith. And I almost dropped out of school when I was 16 to just start seminary school because that's what, you know, prophets would come into town and say, you're going to be talking in front of tens of thousands of people and blah, 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 blah. And then I started they were great on that, but they were wrong about what? <laughs> they were. You got an excellent point. Yeah. They were right. They just didn't didn't know that it was yeah. not going to be on that, in that genre, so to speak. Thank God they didn't. Yeah. Oh, I know. Right. Right. <laughs> so I started doing what is one of the biggest no-nos is I started questioning. I was raised in a household where you do not question authority. You do not question the Bible. You do not question God. You do not question. You are to be seen and not heard, and you're supposed to follow um, blind faith, all of that. Well, I started questioning, and 
that led to a very long, traumatic, get out of our house, we are disowning you type of an effect. And and so then I went on my way through the world and I was just like, was I brainwashed? Did all that stuff really happen? I wanted to just refuse all my gifts. I just decided to go into the world and I went to school and I went into you know, um, corporate America. And, and then when I was about 35 spirit said, that's enough. You had your fun playing, you know, in this world, we want you back. And I walked into a metaphysical store, got my first tarot read and off to the races. I went and I learned that what I was experiencing as a child was true. And that it's just called different things under different scopes. And so now it's really interesting because I'm able to bring all of that spiritual understanding, how to navigate within the spiritual realm, the emotional realm, the mental realm, the physical realm. And I get to bring it all to the table and work with people to empower them. And that's why I think that I'm really about inspiring, encouraging, and empowering authenticity is because I had to find, I had to fight for my own authenticity. And so I wrote this book and it is all about that. How to ask questions, check what you believe. How are you behaving? What's beyond that? Your authenticity is what got you to or your need and your desire for authenticity is what got you to write that book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to help people find theirs. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of difficult to describe what's in this book because it's a huge weaving. I know I read it. It I want to see how this interview goes and you're going to be able to go to all those different parts. So um, each, let me just say that each, part of the book, you tell about yourself, very personal things, Yes, you know, and some of them you mentioned here, but many of them you didn't. And then you talk about the beliefs from, so let me give it back to you. Sure. You know, <laughs> sorry sure. about that. I'm taking no. over your interview. No, you're absolutely fine. I love flowing <laughs> with you and your energy and, and what inspires. So this book actually was born within me. Um, when I was 30, I decided to go back to co- well to go to college for the first time. And what happened was we're sitting at night school, adult learning, you know, higher education for adults. And so they have this class, um, Gen 101, that kind of helps you kind of get back into how do I learn? How do I study? Get to know myself so that you can kind of rev up the engine to actually attend, you know, college as an adult and night at nighttime. So in that class, um, the first night there was our professor and she did an icebreaker and she said, if you were to write a book, what would the title be? And so I'm like, oh, that's such a great, oh, that's so great. That's so rich. (laughs) So I wrote down on my piece of paper, belief, being, and beyond. And then they started going around the class and, you know, one person said, oh, my book is called How to Ski. And another person is like, oh, my book is called How to Make the Best Oatmeal Cookies. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so, <laughs> that's so light, not superficial, yeah. but it's, it's so. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was like, I'm, I messed up. I'm not, I'm, I screwed this up. I didn't even get the assignment. Right. So when it came to me, I had the opportunity to maybe change my answer to like how to roller skate, you know, but I didn't, you, know? you didn't run away. I got to give I you credit. I didn't run away. Yeah. I put myself out there and I said, belief being and beyond. And the room went awkwardly silent. And I'm like, Oh God, what did I just do to you? <laughs> oh no. And yeah. then the teacher was very, the professor was very, very encouraging. And she was like, what is, can you tell us what that's about? And I said, well, if you think about it, whatever you believe in, whatever a person, an individual believes in that constitutes how they behave in the world, but that there is something more beyond that. And like, if you believe that you need to brush your teeth twice a day and, or your teeth will fall out, you will brush your teeth religiously. So it's not just about beliefs in religion, it's about beliefs, like any type of belief. And that constitutes how we're being and that there is more beyond that. So anyway, um, not to give up my age, but we will live our life based on our beliefs. We will see the world based on our beliefs. We do. Yeah. And that is something that you, you investigate throughout the book. Yes. Um, and how to open that up. But yes. let's go to awakening. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So if you first pick up the book, in order to understand how it actually flows to see the overall matrix of it, because mm-hmm. it's very intertwined, I would recommend um, your listeners and any readers to go quickly to the back of the book with Appendix B to the overall matrix. That's where you see this fourfold this fourfold process that I take us through. Yes, that's it. And that's where you see that fourfold process that I take us through. And I weave it in like there are similarities within awakening and the morning and the creation story and the first major arcanas of the tarot and so on and so forth. And the question you know, so all of those are interweaved. And I also go into the creation story, the flood story, the savior story, the end of time story, and pick out, do almost like a comparative religion plus science about that we all have these stories about how we became, where we came from, uh, a cleansing within the flood, even scientifically, there's documentation of that. And and then who is our savior? Who is our hero? And what's going to happen at the end? And so all around the globe, people are asking these major questions and they're being answered through different religious beliefs. But they also, for me, are kind of being answered through the process of a day. Like I awake in the morning and at noontime I am enlightened. And because there's all this light in the evening, then I, you know, I start being. And then in the nighttime, I become fresh for the next day, the beyond. And and you weave in not only um, your own experience with this, but then you weave in the religions yes. as well as science. Yes. You know, and then you go into the tarot and yes. you, you look at that from every different area, a couple of different decks and um, different views, really. Yeah, absolutely. And it, 
And then even in that section, I pull out um, more astrology and astrological, you know, placements each of the cards so that people who know astrology, but might not know Tarot can kind of feel into that energetic field. Yeah, it's a huge weaving. It is. I'm very impressed with it. Thank you. And um, so let's do morning. <laughs> yes. What would you so like? So people to get a good flavor of, go ahead and do it and, and do the actual religions and the science of the creation. Oh, wow. Morning yeah. is the creation, yeah. as you say so, in your book. So it's interesting because when you wake up in the morning, I call that awakening, right? But that's literal. I wake up in the morning and that's your body knowledge. Mm -hmm. But we also awaken emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. But in order to understand what that experience is to awaken spiritually, emotionally, and mentally, go back to your physical body. That's when you wake up, you stretch, you start looking around, you're getting curious and you start asking questions. Mm -hmm. And that's also connected to the creation story, the beginning, you know, the beginning, whether it's in the Christian and Catholic uh, faith, whether it's in the Navajo nation, you know, I talk about the creation story through the Navajos. I talk about the creation story within other, you know, I I don't know if it was Hinduism, I do some Mayan, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those and talking about that. It's all about the awakening and macro to micro. And the reason why I use the day and that morning time, that's the time when we wake up and that's the time our body understands what that feels like. And that is kind of grounding all of this information into the body. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) Um, It it is fascinating how you go through that and that every culture, yes. every religion, yes. um, every myth yes. has this creation yes. story. Yes. And, and you talk about the four bodies and how that goes through. Um, the four bodies being, well, we're always looking at the spiritual, but it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional. Yeah. How we go through the four bodies, but it is the um, the childhood, our childhood. And it is our childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, this book, Barb, I got to be honest with you. It's so big that there's parts of it. it I'm like, I'm like, what did I write? What did I write? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying to get all the pieces in the same place. Oh yeah. Because it is big. Yeah, it it is. is. It's rich. And, (laughs) um, but yeah, it, it also that morning, that awakening, if you look at it through like one day, you see the morning, noon, evening, and night. But if you look at it through your lifetime, you see your childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and elder. If you look at it through the religions or even scientifically, that is uh, the creation story, the flood, the enlightenment and the flood and the cleansing process of the floods. And then the savior is the evening time. And then, you know, the end of time would be night. So there's a, it's a huge. And then you've got the seasons too. I do. Which is spring. <laughs> yeah. Spring, summer, fall, winter. <laughs> yes. Which yes. helps us to embody um, these huge concepts 
into actually one year that we exist within. So like the springtime would be attributed to that morning, to that childhood, to that awakening. To the blooming, yeah. To the blooming, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you talk about the question. Yes. The question. And And that's asking the question. Asking the question. You know, what I have witnessed is that People who have been raised in a form of dogma that I was raised in, um, maybe it's also being a Gen X. Maybe there's a lot of Gen Xers that maybe weren't born into a religious, you know, indoctrination, but were told children are to be, you know, seen and not heard and don't ask any questions and and all of that. You know, it's really created this, this really harmful way that we interact with ourselves and others because we we just are being told what we are supposed to do be mm-hmm. and behave like and then we don't question it it's like oh gosh we're sheeple but when we give ourselves permission to approach life with curiosity to ask questions that's when we start to grow that's the morning the awakening our own personal evolution creation story And I like to say that all of the answers could be right in front of you, but until you formulate a question, you will not recognize those answers. So we start with the question. And you don't recognize when the answers don't work. Right. Because you've never really questioned what you're being told. Yes. And that's, that's an important part where all of a sudden something you took for granted your whole life, all of a sudden in the first question, you realize it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what began my journey was I was looking around and I was like, well, if God created and and there's only one way to get to him and that's through what i'm being told that i must believe as a superior religion but there are people who have never even heard of this mm-hmm. that's not fair that's not loving those are the types of questions that i was having yeah. and and i was just like it doesn't make sense it yeah. doesn't make sense the answer yeah. that i was given And so, of course, um, if you raise a daughter to be very empowered within a religious culture, and then she starts blowing the lid off of that belief system, (laughs) you're going to think that she's possessed or taken over or the devil got her or something like that. So I had to fight a lot. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. really difficult. Yeah. I was brought up Catholic and I got to that age where I started to say, wait, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. There actually were an all menopausal woman. Everybody in town was afraid to drink the water for a while. Yes. All menopausal woman, four right in a row, four houses right in a row. They all got pregnant within a month of each other. Oh, you're kidding. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. <sighs> and one of the kids was born with spinal bifida. Oh, wow. And I started to say, well, why him? Yeah. And why not him? the other one? They were all boys, by the way, you know, wow. and why him and not this other kid, you know? And I started to question once. And I was lucky because I was in a uh, household and a world where questioning was fine, you yeah. know? 
they they were comfortable with it, had no answers, but they right. were comfortable with right. it, you know, and that's when I started to ask questions. And that's also when it started to fall apart. Yeah. You know, where it's I mean, this child just got here, has done nothing. Right. You know, to um, have these, you know, have the challenges that they're going to come. Oh, to, yeah. You know, so. Um, but I I was very lucky in the fact that I was in a world where I could question. I wasn't thrown out or whatever. But you also talk about not only questioning the theology, but the ideology all around us all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Because, you know, when you, when you look at it, um, what it's like, it's like thinking about, okay, let's, let's put it into this context. It's like thinking about social media and the online presence and um, going into that and the algorithms that it sets up and how it starts picking up your algorithms by what you search and what you watch and things like that. And then it feeds you that. And then you get pigeonholed into a certain, you know, sect of this is what you want, or you purchase online, you know, a new coffee maker. And all of a sudden you're seeing more ads for coffee makers and things like that. Oh yeah. That's spooky. Yeah. It's the algorithms. And so, and so the thing is, is that if you just sit there in your own individual algorithm, not understanding that there's other algorithms Mm -hmm. with maybe even the opposite mind frame, you know, then if you, if you're blind to that, then you don't question. But when you realize, oh gosh, everybody has their own, you know, little compartment Mm -hmm. that the internet puts us in. And so then start stretching beyond that. That's kind of what it is, that ideology. Yeah. Even on the internet, it's hard to get beyond that. Yeah. You know, even on the internet, it's hard to see the other people's news. Yes. You know, which is a problem. Yeah. But um, some of the things, like I grew up in a time where women's roles changed and it was really women saying, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I be a truck driver? Why can't I be a mechanic? Why, you know, why can't I? And the yeah. questioning that started. Yes. And it, it uh, you know, threw over a whole world, really. Yes, it and absolutely now it changed did. a whole world, which is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And moreover to that, you know, I'm not just talking about religion and I am talking about the ideology of things and how females or the female body has been treated. And now, you know, um, the beautiful LGBTQ plus community Mm -hmm. and how they need to step forward and ask questions and, you know, and like just thinking about, well, who am I really authentically? And so, you know, or the person of color, you know, so there's a lot of big groups that Mm -hmm. are starting to wake up and ask questions and the world is like, oh gosh, I, I need to get answers. How do I appropriately speak to these individuals, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's when we can ask questions and learn. And how do we get the answers? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I know. That's kind of a big question. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It yeah. is. Well, depending again on your belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that if I ask a question, the answer will come. It's almost like fishing, right? I know that. And 
Um, in fact, I have a quick little story that I used to journal a lot and I would journal uh, different questions. And if you haven't caught on, I'm a deep thinker, right? <laughs> so I can't turn this thing off. So I, I would write questions like, why is the sky blue? Or, you know, just questions about life in general. And I just keep free flow, flow journaling, journaling, journaling. And then one day I'd write, like I'd get an epiphany of some sort and I'd write something down and I'm like, why does this sound familiar? And I look back and I was like, oh my God, it's the answer to the question that I posed earlier. Mm -hmm. So um, this is what I call the enlightened time, the noon time, the adolescence, the summertime, you know, Mm -hmm. this is, this is that time when everything is in the light. And so the questions are right there. I mean, the answers are right there to the questions. Hopefully. And if you're yeah, hopefully, <laughs> and if you're not, if you're not satisfied with the answer, keep asking questions or change the question mm-hmm. because we need to hone a lot of what I do, you know, in my sessions uh, with like psychic development and all of these types of things is I, one thing that I have to work on is helping the individual pose the question that they truly want to know the answer to, because otherwise they're like, Hey, tell me what's going on in my life. And I'm like, what part about your life do you want to know? The more specific the question, the more specific the answer, that's how it flows. And sometimes the universe, for whatever reason, puts us on hold. You know, Mm -hmm. some say that it's teaching us patience. Maybe it's just not time, you know, but at the end of the day, I trust the universe because I remember another quick, quick story. I was going to go to, I was going to drive out to Las Vegas and I got on the highway and within a mile, the thermostat went out. So three hours later off the road, fixing, replacing the thermostat back onto the road. Now three hour delay. One could interpret that as, gosh, maybe you shouldn't have gone, you know, or that's the way I'd take it. Maybe you shouldn't be going. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't be going. But what happened was I got up into the mountains and it was blocked. And so I pulled over at a, a gas station coffee shop. And I was like, what, why is this road blocked? And they said, oh, three hours ago, there was a landslide and oh, people's wow. cars got trapped in there. And so yeah. when I, I'm, I'm just, I get to choose the way that I interpret it, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. And that is one thing I wanted to bring up where you had journaled and, and the answer was inside, but sometimes the answer is outside. Yeah. So to pay attention to everything outside as well. Absolutely. So let's take a break now, and then we'll come back and talk more about the cycles of life and the questioning. We'll be right back. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com.
You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and we're back with Granddaughter Crow. And we have been talking about her book, Belief Being and Beyond, and the Cycles of Life. And and um, in her book, she has it broken down to, to four different cycles. We talked about awakening, and we kind of got into the enlightenment, which was uh, the questioning, the adolescence, and um, where you called it the flood. And the flood really is the cleansing. Yes. But before we get into that part too deeply, I want to talk a little bit about throughout the book, you tie it into um, tarot as well. And you talk about the fool in the major arcana. And that is in the awakening part, isn't it? Yes. Or yes. you want to tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. So when we talk about belief systems, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the tarot because we're talking about a lot of old uh, religions, maybe even only 20,000 years or 2,000 years old or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you go back, you look at the tarot and the major arcana that was developed in the ancient, ancient, ancient times. And this is where we get to see how our ancestors anciently described the same thing, the creation and the, and the Nobody flood. Nobody really knows where it came from. Right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. But yeah. it was they always there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when we talk about, so when I boil it down, like who is the fool? It's like the energy of the fool card is new beginnings. It's um, it's an air sign as far as an element. It's air. It's Uranus, the planet of Uranus, um, where that's that enlightening or waking up big type energy. It's also Uranus is um, what Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. And so you got some Aquarian energy of curiosity and breaking beyond and that forward movement. And it's all about this innocence of the fool that decides to go out on its journey and make a leap of faith and new beginnings. And so you can see how that energy of new beginnings aligns with awakening, aligns with childhood, aligns with the creation story and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. This, this book is really so deep that, you know, we're trying to touch on things and not go down rabbit holes. And I'm telling you, it's taking quite a bit, you know, mm -hmm. because there are so many rabbit holes I want to jump right into. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> I is. just it's don't know I'll be able to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. But um, after the awakening and the, when we are the fool, we go into the enlightenment where we question, as I said, the adolescence, the summer, the um the flood the the cleaning away of the old beliefs or the the beliefs that we took on without knowing we were taking them on yeah maybe a better way to talk about it yeah i like the way that you phrased that so yes we talked about the morning now we're at noon with the enlightenment you wake up in the morning 
but at noon, you are enlightened. And if you think about it in the physical realm, noontime has the least shadow, right? It has the most light. And that's where um, we say, okay, this is the time when answers come. This is also the time of adolescence or the teenage years, because this is the time that we start um, figuring out who am I in this group? I'm not, we're not all classed together, all wearing Nike tennis shoes. Now I've got to make a statement about who I am in the world and, and what makes me different and, and, you know, all of that. And so all of that is like answering and that summertime with that bright light is um, beautiful too. And I do throw the flood in here and that sometimes people are like, how did you fit the flood in there? And it's like, well, it depends on what you think about the flood. Do you think that the flood came because the world had gone bad and it needed to wash it away? Or do you think that the flood came as a baptism? And when you think of it as a baptism, which actually some religions do, and I even have some examples scientifically of floods happening. So floods have happened. Mm-hmm. When you start realizing that it's a baptism, that aligns more with this summer, this next step of our life, this noontime, this adolescence. Right. Yeah. And in, in, in every religion yeah. well, that I know of, there is the flood. Yeah. In, in, in every religion. Yeah. And mythology, too. Major. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, one, I have to say, it's only in adolescence and really kind of in the 20s. It's the only time in your life that you truly believe you know everything. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, You're in the summertime. You start to realize. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's the only time, <laughs> except for when you're four years old. That's another time oh, where you yes. know everything. You're absolutely sure that you know everything. <laughs> absolutely. I know. That is funny. But then we get into the being, yes. which is the adulthood, which is when we start to realize we don't know everything. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So then the being is um, the evening time when you finished your day, you relax, you kick your feet up, you have dinner, you're just being, you're not like working really hard or doing anything unless of course your schedule is different, but for the most part, that's our beingness. And that also aligns with our adulthood. It's like, we just settle in and adult, you know, we, you know, take care of the kids, a spouse, a house, um, our career, you know, the car that we've always dreamed of, but we have this pattern and it's that beingness and it's like, well, we've arrived, you know, this is who we are Mm -hmm. as adults. And that aligns with kind of almost relaxing into yourself and you've already done the self-discovery, but now you're just being. You know, you're right. just being you're accepting for a while. You, yeah. And knowing yourself. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. 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 Which is nice. <laughs> it is. It it's is. a nice part. And but in this, in the religions, you also put this with the savior, the hero. Yeah. yeah. And the reason for that, I mean, there's millions of little reasons that people may even come up with that are not in the book because of the alignment. But the when I became an adult, I had to become my own hero. Mm -hmm. I had to become my own savior. I had to pick what I believed in. And so, you know, whether the savior is, you also also had to accept some realities that were hard. Yes. And I think we all do. I I mean, you talked about yours. You were very open about yours in the book. 
Yeah. But yeah, some realities of the reality of who we are versus the dream of who we might have been or who we wish we were, whatever, you know. Absolutely. You know, um, it's funny because this book did make me very raw and I love Llewellyn Worldwide Publishing and the editor that I was working with, Angela Wicks, she mm-hmm. and really Angela was on the show. Oh, she yeah, yes. with the secret yeah. psychic. Yeah. Her book, yeah, yeah. Her she, book, The Secret Psychic. The yeah. Secret Psychic. I yeah. contributed to that book as well. Yeah. I know, actually. Well, we'll talk later. You we'll mentored her. That. You mentored her. Yeah. yeah. And she yeah. talks about you in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was so beautiful because I'm not usually upfront with, oh, this is what I did. This is what I have and all of that. And so there's one part where I'm talking about my life and she encourages me to do so. And she's like, what about you glaze over 21 to 25? Mm -hmm. You, you, You just write one sentence like all of a sudden you're 25 why what happened in those years and I had to talk about um some really really difficult times you know I have one beautiful healthy son Michael Major his birthday was just a couple days ago he's a Gemini Mm -hmm. and he is in his 30s now he's 31 but after that that birth was so hard that um both him and I were in life-threatening danger And, um, that kind of tore me up inside and I ended out losing four more children. And it's heartbreaking. It's, it is. And those are the realities. And, you know, I mention it not because I want people to feel sad, but I want people to know that I relate, you know, and that I'm not just, Oh, the chosen one. And now she's an author. No, I went through (laughs) hell. You know, I went through hell, but that's that adult time. And that's the time when I had to find my savior, you know, Mm -hmm. and what was saving me. And sometimes counseling was my savior. And sometimes like me receiving counseling or therapy, sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, you find it in, uh, in the metaphysical world, you find it in different worlds. And sometimes I, I do talk about the hero's journey with um, by Joseph Campbell. Sometimes you have to become your own hero and you are out on a quest. And in that time, you do have to be, um, you have to slay a dragon or solve a riddle. You know, there's these trying times in order for the ordinary person from an ordinary world to come back as a hero. So, mm-hmm. and that's and, the adult time. And that is, and in your case, the acceptance of Michael's, wonderful and your yes. favorite child yes yes <laughs> you know and that's yes. if that's going to be it the acceptance yeah, yeah. absolutely and that and is lucky. where you become the hero that you can accept it yes and embrace it I love that I love yeah. that and then and then bring it all forward with you yeah yeah um and that is the autumn that is yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, we didn't talk about the directions. There is so much in this. Oh gosh, we have another. We didn't forget. Yeah, we didn't. Everything in this book. Everything in this book (laughs) rolls in fours. Mm -hmm. It's (laughs) it's like the four directions, the four seasons of life, the four times within the day and the night, the four aspects of adulthood, the four categories of you know creation and flood and savior and end of time so look at the matrix in the back of the book and you'll understand how this flows because it can it's like wait what what's the pulse on this but there is a huge pattern there's a huge pattern Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then on top of that you've got the arcana 
yep. and you've got the um, astrology. Yeah. You know, you've added those. In. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I, it's, and, you know, just to tell the listeners here, it's a good read. You know, you're, you're hearing this and thinking, oh my God, that's too much. I'm not going there. No, no, it's a good read. And she weaves it together so well that it is, it, it, it flows. It just flows. So I just wanted to thank you not scare anybody out. there, Right. (laughs) Right. You know, and that's, and that is the beauty is that, you know, my approach to writing, you know, of course I went and higher education and I learned how to write like a student, but the more that I write books, the more I develop almost a conversational tone with the Mm -hmm. reader and a very um, gentle, I mean, you can hear the way that I speak. It's very soft, but a powerful, but easy to listen to. That's the way I write. So yeah. 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 No, it's good. It's, it's a comfortable, easy read. Um, I'm going to bring into this though. Oops, sorry. The West. In in our um, being, we that is the West that is considered the West. Yeah. And what is the West in, right. in let's say Navajo or in some of the mythology or religions? Sure. You know, a lot of people look to the West as different things. Um, the way that I look to the West is uh, where the sun sets the end of the day. I look to the West um, aligning with the emotional realm. I look to the West as um, I I love the West. Actually, it's my favorite. (laughs) If you can have a favorite direction (laughs) for me, it's West. But I I understand because it's relaxing. It's like on the porch with lemonade. Yes. (laughs) It's just kind of feeling. It's the evening. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's relaxation. Mm-hmm. Um, where does, and I'm jumping around a bit, I apologize, the changing woman come in as a hero? Oh, changing woman. So yeah. I am um, half Navajo and half Dutch. So I have both a certificate of Indian blood as well as a social security number. I'm recognized as full blood um, on the reservation and under that, that nation. So Changing Woman is beautiful in that she is, I can't recall what section I put her in. She's in the, um, she is in this, the being part. The being part. Let me see. I think what she does is the Changing Woman is the spring, summer, fall, winter. Yes. And, and okay. the changing woman is the natural world. Yes. And that's a beauty. So the changing woman is a deity that the Navajo nation celebrates. And it is said that like in the springtime, uh, she um, is, is green. She wears a green dress and it's beautiful. And in the summertime, you know, she, the, the the fields are like the hairs on 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 your arm and and in the winter you know she changes her dress to white that the changing woman is the earth and is our mother and teaches us how to move through cycles teaches us that even after a hard cold winter or a hard cold relationship you too will enter the spring and so she is There'll be a beginning after the death. And you talk about that quite a bit. Yeah. And also you, and just to give an idea, like the savior 
to the changing woman would be like the rain. Yes. You know, for a drought, showing up during the drought, or the sun warming the earth after a cold winter. Yeah. These are the saviors in, yes. in your hero stories. Yeah. And then, of course, we have in religion, we have the savior of Jesus Christ. And, right. You know, who came and saved us all from our sins and, you know, according to that religion. And, and you go through the different, you know, yes. I think maybe... Hindi would be the other. I'm not sure which one, other one you used in that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, the, and then the savior in science would be like, oh gosh, you could name Albert Einstein as a savior, yeah. that type of a thing. So there's always this hero, you know? Mm -hmm. And and any kind of um, invention, really, that yeah. saves us or makes us life our Absolutely. life better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, are we in the, in the being part most of our lives or is it equally, you know, the, the quarters, are they equally? Um, uh, I would say equal or not really. And I would say that it really kind of depends on one's lived experience, you know, um, because a lot of young people have to adult really fast and some of them mm -hmm. get to, you know, not have to adult until they're 28, you know? Right. So, but I, I kind of break it down where it's like childhood uh, is probably one to 12, you know, and then 13 to probably 21 is that adolescent time. And then I'd say 21 to 45 or 50 would be adult. Um, however, you know, I'm, I'm right in my early fifties, but I feel like, uh, an elder already because of the lifetime that I have lived and, and, uh, I have been recognized as an elder. Um, and, uh, I, I hope it's for my wisdom and, and not all my wrinkles and gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can see but, you and you don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but then I would say then after that, once you kind of are finished or go into that type of a, okay, now I know that I have blind spots. I don't know everything. I've lived a lot, but there's so much more out there. When you begin to have those types of understandings, that's, that's the elder you coming through. Mm -hmm. Before we go there though, and, and again, in Tarot, the wheel of fortune. Yeah. And that's really your only card as the adult, I think. Is, Is that it? right? I don't know. <laughs> um well, it carries the energy of all the cards, you say. And yeah, it does. The adult. Oh, it, no, you have justice in here, too. I take yeah. that back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the and the hanged man, the hanged man has turning up for me a lot lately. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot more than I want to kind of deal with. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the Wheel of Fortune, can you tell me a little bit about that? Because it. It's a, it says, I am not a tarot person, so I don't know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it says it carries the energy of all the cards before and begins to turn, giving yeah. birth. Yeah, yeah. So um, the Wheel of Fortune is a beautiful card, and it does talk about the turning and the changing. But if you look at, like, I'm talking about, like, the Rider weight and different people who do different tarot decks bring this energy in um, pictorially how they sense it. But in the uh, Rider weight, you have 
four symbols, one on each of the um, corners. And there is a, a lion, and that would be for the fixed Leo, fixed fire. There is an eagle, which actually is fixed water or Scorpio. There is um, a bull, which is Taurus, which is fixed earth. And then you have um, a man, and that one would be fixed air and or Aquarius energy. And so it brings in all of that energy, and it starts turning things. And the beauty of the wheel is that if you pull the wheel and it's upside down, just hang in there, it will keep rolling just like the seasons, you know? <laughs> Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go into the becoming, which is the elder, which we started to talk about. Yeah. And that is north and and winter. It sounds terrible. (laughs) But in a way, it really is. um, Well, every every area has a a great side to it. And the elder has a great side to it in um, the the relaxation on life, I think I have to call it. Yeah. And there's a a sense that I have of like, I already proved myself to myself, Mm -hmm. you know, the, this, um, they say that I heard this person say something like when you're 20 years old, you're so worried about what people think of you when you're 40 years old, you don't care what people think of you. When you're 60 years old, you realize people don't think of you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you got the invisible part, which, you know, can really work to your benefit too. So yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And yes, then, um, but- and then, well, the thing in there is the end of times and the manifestation, but mostly you go from there, you go into the beyond. Yes. And the beyond is where you talk about perception. Yes. That is, I I was so blown away by this part of your book that, um, well, you take that. The open-minded, the closed-minded, the the perception, the blind spots. And we all live this. This yes. is not, well, I'm open and you're closed. You know, right. no, we all have blind spots. All Absolutely. Us. Absolutely. The, the thing isn't to think about, do I have a blind spot as much as I have blind spots? What are they? And we all have them. And so, you know, I, I, I talk about that open-minded meaning that you, a mind that can entertain a concept that it doesn't feel like it needs to adopt, like being able to listen to the opposing argument and see where their validity is as well, you know, but not have to buy into their, their side, you know, so it's, it's entertaining ideas and being that open mind and curious. You talk about a strong mind being able to entertain a thought and really delve in and, and investigate a thought. That is also not your belief. Yep, absolutely. And And it takes a strong mind to do that. And you've mentioned it a few times in this book. I noticed that. that Yeah. Because that is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, the opposite to that would be a closed mind. 
And a lot of times closed mindedness um, may come from fear, may come from, I don't have enough information, but I just have to know that I'm right because they told me that this is the way that it is. You know, it, it comes from a lot of those things and closed mindedness is very um, what my parents were with me. And now yeah. I don't exist yeah. to them. So that's the harsh reality of, of where a cold closed mindedness can take a person. They couldn't, they couldn't, um, they didn't have the expansion yes. to accept the, the, their, anything outside of their world, which is exactly. a sad thing. Yeah. Even to the extent of their own golden child daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk to in here, and actually, this is a science that the brain is perceiving. It's not the eyes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I loved doing research on this part of the book. It is, oh, yeah, I remember that. And you can fill in what you found fascinating as as I remember what I wrote, but we don't perceive with our eyes. We perceive with our mind, our brain, our mind perceives. And um, that is scientifically proven. If you think about it, I also listened to um, a beautiful author. I forgot the name of her book, but she is uh, legally blind, but she she sees within her mind. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it is why they can never get an eyewitness. If they have more than one eyewitness, they've got a problem on their hands. Exactly, because of our perception of what we're seeing. And so the blind spot. So I, I love talking about perception um, and the blind spots. So in short, we all have blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I have blind spots, but the blind spots don't reveal themselves as blind spots to us. Like there's not a hole in our vision. We yeah. fill in that blank. Um, our mind just does that automatically. It fills it in. And so one good uh, example of this is my husband was years ago, he was going to, uh, he bought a motorcycle and a Triumph. And he went to class to, you know, and they taught him that you need to rev your engine when you're coming up on somebody and watch their blind spot as they're driving, because that's why motorcycles can be so loud is because you don't see them because when your mind says, look over your shoulder, look, is there another car? Then all you're looking for are cars and you miss the motorcycle. And then there was this huge um, I don't know if it was international um, or what, but I saw these signs on the, on the, you know, as you drive down the highway, it's like, watch out for our friends, the motorcyclists. What? So then mm-hmm. it puts the word motorcycle in your mind and then you can turn and you're like automobile or motorcycle or anything that's right. there. Anything, anything. Yeah. yeah. Because we, we have those blind spots. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to end on a blind spot, but we're going to have to. We've oh, run gosh. out of time, but I want to make sure that people know where to get hold of you and where to get hold of your book. Absolutely. Absolutely. So remember Granddaughter Crow. Uh, you can get me at www.granddaughtercrow.com. Um, I'm up on social media. Don't always post, but I am there. So you can follow me on social media. And if you do have any questions or want to write a review or whatever you'd like to do, feel free to contact me. My information is on my website or just go and write a review about what you think about belief being and beyond. 
That's great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, I loved you. it. Thank and you. it's a fabulous book. Go out and get it. It's available right now. It's just coming out now. So thanks so much. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.